The scripture for today is from Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. If you would turn there, let me say that this is from the third chapter of our Cottage Bible Study book. There are, it's sort of hard to follow our schedule, and actually I think we have a number of schedules going on in studying this book, but there are some suggested schedules out there on the, on the white tables in the back. But, um, of course, each chapter refers to lots of scriptures. And, um, but at the beginning of each chapter, there is some scripture up there at the title page of that chapter. And Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 is at chapter 3, and I'm adding one more verse so that the text is uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 this morning. Um, let's stand, and I'll read this part of God's Word. A holy, inspired, inerrant, infallible word, hear God's word. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also Lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pray. Father, You have put this into the Scripture, obviously, to encourage us, obviously, to call us to be faithful as you have brought us to faith, and we pray that you would use this time to help us meditate on these words, and the Spirit who inspired them would now illumine them to our benefit and to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. The joy set before. The joy set before. This is a planned race. There there is a goal line. and, And a goal beyond the goal line. God laid out the course is set before. This race uh, is, uh, in the Greek, it's agon. Uh, Agon. Uh, 
which may sound <laughs> may sound strange. Uh, uh, we get our word agony from agon. Uh, we get our, our word agonize from agon. Uh, it, is, it is a race, but it is a, it is a struggle. It is, it is a challenge. It's marked out for us. The, the race is set before us. As you notice, the joy was set before Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So if you look at the scripture, you'll see, if, if you have the NASB, you have endurance and endured three times. In verse 1, you have, let us run with endurance, the race set before us. In verse Two, we have the joy set before him who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down. And then verse 3, consider him who has endured such hostility. So we've got a race to run. It's laid out before us. It is set before us. Uh, if, as a matter of fact, if you look at the words set before us at the end of verse 1, and then set before him in verse 2, uh, those words are very close to the word surrounding us in verse 1. Witnesses surrounding us. This, this, is, this, is, this is the plan. But the plan is going to be a struggle. This, this is going to be a race. It's obviously going to be something that can cause us to get weary and can cause us to lose heart. It's a, it's a race. Now, this is about faith. It's obviously about faith because, because of chapter 11. You, this, is, this is a classic example of the you know, question in the Bible studies. When you go to, you have a Bible study and the first word in the Bible, part of the Bible you're studying is therefore. What is the, what is the Bible teacher going to ask you? What is the therefore, therefore? And so you look at, the, at 12 and you say, well, it's obviously it's chapter 11. Well, what's chapter 11 about? It's about the hall of faith. It is a, a list of the faithful. It is, it, the, obviously, they are sinners saved by grace. There's Jephthah, there's Samson. They're, they're sinners, but they're saved by grace. Every one of them's a sinner. Every one of them's a saint because they're saved by grace. Um, this, is, this is about faith. So this race is your race of faith. The joy set before Jesus. We are surrounded by this group, at least the ones who are listed here in chapter 11. And we are called to do four things particularly. So if, if you were going to double underline the commands or implied commands, you'd have in verse 1, lay aside... You'd have in verse 1 again, let us run. And then you'd have in verse 2, fixing our eyes. That, that is an implied command, not an imperative, but 
yes, we are to fix our eyes. We're commanded to fix our eyes on Jesus and then to consider. In verse 3, that's a, a, a logic word there. Consider him, uh, to think about him, to it's the logic, to logic, to, to, to use your logic to understand him. As you go about your agon or your, 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 your race, your running. Um, so you, so if, if you have a, a story about Batman, Batman is the agonist. That's an, that's an English word, agonist. And the Riddler uh, would be the anti-agonist or the antagonist. But it's, uh, it's the actor, the one who, who, who acts and who acts even in a redeeming way. John Milton wrote Samson Agonistes, which is a matter of his uh, being vindicated by his service of the Lord. He put that at the beginning of Paradise Regained instead of Paradise Lost. And Agonist is the main character in a struggle or a drama. And the penguin, the riddler, they would be antagonists, the one who opposes or, the, or struggles against the agonist. Um, and so as we live our, word, our lives, sometimes you, you can think of life as being full of agony. In, in Britain, they have something they called an agony ant. That's a Dear Abby who writes a column <laughs> as she answers questions about living this life. Endurance and encouragement and enjoyment and finally exhilaration. This passage tied to chapter 11 lets us know that we can have endurance in community. Rick Phillips, who, who's pastor at Second Prison in Greenville, says, you belong, talking about us, you belong to this noble company. You, can, you might be able to see it better if you have the King James, but um, at the beginning of verse 1 of chapter 12, it says, therefore, since we, and, and so forth, uh, eventually uh, it says, uh, let us also, but... Uh, in the in in the in the Greek and in some few translations, uh, it says therefore, and then it says us also, also us. You know, in the beginning, at, that you look at Hebrews eleven and you say, "Well, oh, those those are great guys back then." I mean, Rahab, all those have have lived by faith, but Hebrews twelve one says this this is where you belong. You've joined the company. You can't have your name written here because you didn't live in the Old Testament days. But you've been added to the group. This, this is your company. This is your family of faith. It's not just them. It's us. Us also is what this passage is saying. You, are, you have been adopted into this family. I mean, the papers are signed in Christ's blood. The, the burning chariot and the horses have not yet come to you for you. 
but you belong. And they will come unless Jesus comes back first. I think about Scrooge uh, in um, being interviewed by the, by the spirit of Christmas past when he goes back into his school and he's all alone and, and his sister comes in to take him home uh, and to say that, that, that their father is much gentler now and he can come home. He says, home for good and all. Uh, and, and, she, and, and they joyfully go home. The time come, will come when you'll go home, when your race is over. And for the joy set before you, you need to be headed in that direction and focusing. They haven't come for you yet. But look at the testimonies around you. There's Noah. And there's Ira. And there's Abel. And there's John and Catherine. And there's Janie Irvin. And there's John and Jean and do you hear the testimonies? Do you know, maybe, maybe, the test, maybe we don't all have all these testimonies, but you've got a lot of the testimonies I have. I have some that you don't have. You've got a lot more that I don't have, and you have better insight into some of those, a lot better insight into some of those testimonies than I have. But they are surrounding you. They're everywhere. Ruth Seeley and Jack and Elsie. Guy and Sarah, Tom and Lucy, David and David and Bond, David Jones, David Dees, William Raymond Persley and Bonnie Erskine Geddes and Marty and Bradley and Johnny and John D and Catherine, S.G. and Ruby and Mama and Daddy and Gangu and Buddy and Austin and Ed the Fourth. And Ruth's grandparents, Edmund, Edward Boyle, Averett, and Clara Maston, Averett, and Roy and Margaret, and Jewel and Sam, and Ray Dillard, and Morton Smith, and D. James Kennedy, and Larry Burkett, and Jay Adams, and J. Gresham Machen, and C.S. Lewis, and all the Johns, John, the Calvins, and the Owens, and the Edwards, and the Bunyans, uh, and Paul. And Sam Hoyt and Gordon Pretty and Gordon Reed and Frank Barker, Cameron Townsend, John Patton, Mordecai Ham, Billy Graham. And time would fail me, as Hebrews 11 says, time would fail me. It does fail me if I should tell you of Mary Lee Robinson, of Nat and Hoyt, of Elizabeth Elliot, of Amy Carmichael, of Philip Henry and Matthew Henry of Charles Spurgeon, of Ed Nallis and Martin and Helen and Marshall and Aline and Marshall uh, and Gladys and Marshall and Lila and Otis and Lucille, Simeon and Anna and Zacchaeus and John the Baptist and Lydia and Peter and Paul and Barnabas. I mean, it's, it's not that Candace Hall and Marie Smith, Dot's mother, 
or Kari Barnwell or Nyla Kane Clark are watching me. That's, that's not, I don't know whether they are or not, but that's not the point of this. I hear the testimony of Nyla. I hear the testimony of Ruth. I hear the testimony of Bradley. I hear the testimony of John the Baptist. And you do too. And we're surrounded by them. I never have liked the idea of the hippodrome that we're running around in circles. I don't think we're running around in circles. We're running straight to glory. We're running straight to the gold line. And it's not so much that they're cheering us on. They may be cheering us on. They may be watching. My grandmother may be watching me today. I I don't know that, but I I don't have that information from this passage. What I do know is how she lived for Jesus, how she taught me Jesus, how she loved Jesus, how she loved people because she loved Jesus, how she gave everything away, how she... How she lived, and I hear that testimony and all these testimonies. And they go on and on, and so do they for you. How can you not finish the course? How can you not keep running the race? How can you not listen to them, having seen them, having been held by them in in their arms, having held their hands, having kissed them? having participated in the Lord's Supper with them, having been baptized by them, having lived with them, how can you not take this great cloud of witnesses to which we've been added and run this race that is set before us? Endurance in community. You have that, and you can run the race. Encouragement by comparison. So you look at all these you, 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 you look at uh, Janie Irvin Persley um, Smith, and you, you think, I think about how she taught me. What am I doing in Sunday school today? When I ask her, what should I teach? She said, teach them the Ten Commandments. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing her testimony. I asked what to teach the children. She said, teach the children the Ten Commandments and teach them the grace of Jesus. This passage says, in addition to all those, it says, uh, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Verse 2, this this word means to look away to Jesus, to look away from everything else, to look away, fix your eyes, is a good translation, fix your eyes on Jesus, not on the world. You know how to play Dizzy Izzy? You get, you get some people to stand by a pond, uh, and you get a baseball bat, and you put a goal line uh, somewhere 20 yards away or something, and then you, you have the, 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 those who would, who would agree to do this. You give them the baseball bat, and you put the head on top of the baseball bat, and they run around and run around 10 times with the head in the... And, and the baseball bat has to stay on the ground. You can't just go run around. And, and, you, and, and then all you got to do in order to win the prize is to run straight to that line. But you look at the pond, and everybody goes in the pond. You can't help it. That's the way it is. And if you look at the world, if you fix your eyes on the world, that's where you're going to be focusing. Hebrews 12, 2 says, fix your eyes on Jesus not look look 
above. Look off, look away to Jesus, literally. And we join. So, yes, find out about Noah's life. Find out about how long it took him to, to, uh, to build the ark. How long he waited to have sons and then, grand, and then daughters-in-law. Yeah, but don't, don't just look at him. Join him in looking at Jesus. That's why I'm not... Are, are the saints who've gone before watching us right now? They're still fixing their eyes on Jesus. That's, that's their primary concern. They're still fixing their eyes on Jesus. We're not looking primarily to them, and they're not looking primarily to us. Enjoyment in approaching completion. I'd, li- I'd like to ask you to turn to 2 Timothy 4. We've already been there this morning, um, but 2 Timothy 4. I read this at, at Lucille's service. You, you grow in your faith as you run this race. It may be a short race. It may be a long race. But Hebrews 12 is saying, following Hebrews 11, saying, it's your turn now. And also you. You, you read about Jephthah and this, and also you read about Abel but it's now it's and also you what about you lay aside the encumbrances and lay aside the sins and then second timothy 4 this is this is what you're looking for if you if you get to live toward the, the and, and know that you're moving toward death you could join with paul in saying to timothy for i am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come Obviously, we could see that in Lucille. You could see it in a lot of people that you've been with. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me, it it is set aside for me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Also us. Also us. You are running your race. And you will become part of the great cloud of witnesses, as Lucille has. She was part of the great cloud of witnesses while she was here. But now she's she's there. And, And that's where you're going. This is your turn to live by faith, to run by faith. So that when you're there, the rest of your life, that your testimony still resonates in the people you leave behind. In other words, think about being ready for that. Think about what you're leaving behind. You, yes, you leave things behind. You leave loved ones behind. You leave your testimony behind. Rick Phillips says this, The story of our lives is only finished in the lives of other people, others we have loved and led, influenced and inspired. Make it all the way to the end. Do you know that there used to be a very reasonable rule in the United States 
that, and when it was a government agency, that in order to have a commemorative stamp celebrating someone, they had to be dead 10 years. So they made it all the way to the end. And there were lots of people who could not wait until Elvis had been dead 10 years. This is quite a boon to the, to the post, postal system. Daddy worked for the post office. Somebody bought 144 million stamps that they did not use. 44 for Maryland. 44 million. 144 million for Elvis. And now, it moved from 10 years to 5 years, and now you can have a stamp of somebody who is alive, as you know. Honoring living individuals expands the interest of stamp topics, USPS says, and keeps our program timely, relevant, and contemporary. It was, a, it was, a, it was 44 for Maryland, it was 124. For Elvis. Make it all the way to the end. You know how some who we thought were witnesses for us worldwide and over the years did not make it to the end and, and weren't really running the race anyway, but we didn't know it until much later. Maybe till their death, maybe long after that. What are we aiming for? It's that joy. Christ is the author and founder of faith. He is the forerunner. He's the pioneer. He blazes the trail and he finishes up our faith. And he, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. So that when we consider him, we will not lose heart, we will not grow weary. Where is the joy before us, set before us? It is Jesus waiting for us at the finish line. We've laid aside all our distractions that that may be good, may be worthwhile in some sense, but not worth getting in the way of your relationship with Christ. And laying aside our sins... And running the race in faith set before us. We run, we endure, we fix our eyes. Don't lose heart. Don't grow weary. Look to Jesus. The joy was set before him. And the same word is used for us. The joy is is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The joy set before him. So lay aside every encumbrance and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Go for the joy. Go for the living and dying and living again forever with the Savior. You are part of this great cloud of witnesses. Study, study the cloud. You know, you know the, the word here is nephos, and nephology is, 
is a study of clouds, not, not nephrology, that's kidneys, but nef, nef, I guess that could go with Splankna, but I hadn't thought about that. Uh, but um, nephology is a study of clouds. Study, study the Bible. Uh, figure out what those who've, who've gone before and have run the race in faith, how they have lived. And then think about the ones that have given testimony to you during your life here on earth. And then give out your testimony right now. The way you live, what you believe, how you live, what you say for Jesus. And don't give up. Jesus has this. He's, he's got your plan, your, your race set out before you. And he runs with you. And what we learned two Sundays ago, he's the lead ox. He, he pulls, he plows, and his yoke is, is easy. His burden is light. And he takes you all the way through to the end because he's already there. And he's with you at the same time by the power of his Holy Spirit. Don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. Have the joy of your salvation now. And look forward to that greater joy forever.